Will you sponsor my wankathon for sport relief? Is Patricia Hodge the same person as Penelope Keith? Who could have predicted that puppets on film was such an emotive topic for the listeners of Answer Me This. We've got quite a reaction. It's almost like you've got nothing else going on in your brains. Episode 208 was, uh, it was a real stirrer <laughs> for a lot of you. Uh, and here's a very interesting uh, bit of refuting of what you said from Dwayne from Bath, mm-hmm. who says, The voice of E.T. was primarily Deborah Winger. With additional contributions from Pat Welsh. And Pat Welsh is the old lady that I was referring to okay. when I said that an old lady did the voice of E.T. I think if Deborah Winger were the voice of E.T., I would have noticed. Well, it is actually a very oft-repeated rumour online, um, and I was aware of it, but I glossed over it because it's not really true. Right. Because, as far as I can tell, although she did do a guide track of the voiceover... Okay, was that for everyone else to act around before they found the final old lady voice or something like that? Basically, yes. Mm-hmm. She's not the E.T that you hear in the final film I mean by that point she was already being Oscar nominated for other films she probably didn't need to do the voice of E.T. although what's weird about this although Deborah Winger is quite a weird woman so maybe this isn't a massive surprise (laughs) she gave an interview uh, in which she said she'd never seen E.T. because quote I never watch anything I'm in I can't bear it and she never watches anything that she's the guide vocal track in either well this is it as I say I don't think they used any of her voiceover in the final version but even if they did even if it was all Deborah Winger that's not the I can understand people saying they never want to watch stuff that they're in if they find it awkward to uh, see themselves on screen obviously I can't really sympathise because I love nothing more than seeing only myself (laughs) all to all 24-7 but I can understand but it's not the same when you're doing the voice of a puppet surely you can watch the film then well they modelled E.T. on her face (laughs) <laughs> I can't really imagine that, but the voice of E.T. played by a, an attractive by young lady. the early 80s version of Zoe Deschanel with the dark Ooh. hair and the big blue eyes. Elliot. Why did you have to say Zoe Deschanel so early on in the episode? Martin's just going to go off by himself now for the rest of the I'm, episode. I'm, I'm be nice and quiet, won't be chipping in. <laughs> um, the legend has it that uh, Pat Welsh, the older lady who got to play E.T., the sound designer of E.T., Ben Burt, had heard her voice in a camera store where she was. Wow. And because she had a raspy fag-enhanced breath. Like Patty and Selma in The Simpsons. Yeah. He thought, oh, that sounds like a weird alien that looks like a dusty turd. You should be cast in my film. I have always thought of E.T. as a heavy smoker, because otherwise how can you account for his complexion? Mm. (laughs) That's right. Now, um, John from Nottingham has also got some feedback for us uh, on a similar subject. He says uh, his contribution to the puppet-muppet debate, uh, that Big Bird is not a muppet. That's not what everyone else is saying. Well, it seems to be roughly split 50-50, but I think the more convincing arguments are made by the pro-Muppet camp. I agree. Well, numerous of our listeners actually pointed out and sided with me that Big Bird actually features, I didn't mention this last week, but features in the 1979 The Muppet Movie. So I mean, nothing could be clearer there. It's called The Muppet Movie. Yeah. And how many of the listeners are siding with me in not caring? <laughs> he also says, uh, there is a cake bake-off at my work. Lucky you. I'm mm. sure that these events used to be known only as cake bakes. I'm sure that they've become cake bake-offs only since the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. Because cake bakes sounds fine, it rhymes. Cake bake-off sounds wrong. It's just to get men interested. They're so bloody competitive. You can't say, well, how about we have a nice cake? Yeah. They have to win something. Let's have sport food. <laughs> uh, John from Nottingham continues, each week one person bakes a cake... And we all eat and judge them. Ah, you've got a small penis. Ah, your relationship (laughs) is built on lies. Ah, your children can't read very well. You've got an iPhone 3GS. So they judge people week by week. Do Do you think they have a big score chart? 
Um, I think they probably do, yes. yes. If it's organised enough that they've called it a cake bake-off and he's written a question about it, they've probably got a leaderboard, yeah. Uh, it's my week coming up soon, Good he luck. says. Um, and I was going to make a strawberry and lime cheesecake, but mm. after your comments last week that cheesecake can only get a max 7 out of 10, uh, Helen, answer me this. What would be the best cake to make? that can ensure top marks from my colleagues. John, I am glad you got in touch now. How embarrassing this would have been if he'd have gone in with his 7 out of 10 cheesecake. Now we can actually help. Can cheesecake even be transported safely? Absolutely not. Otherwise it'll arrive at the office looking like a bowl full of muesli. Poor choice. I'm so glad you got in touch. Helen, what's your recommendation? Well, going on the record of my friend Alex Daltas, who won the work bake-off by making pistachio macaroons. Mm, Those are hard, though. Good Lord. Do you know what the prize was? Tea at the Ritz. That's good, isn't it? It is good. It is difficult to make macaroons. Martin and I have tried many times and there's always something wrong. I've weeks to make decent macaroons. So maybe you need to have a look at the scoreboard, which I'm sure has been kept, maybe in a shared Google document. I don't know how technologically advanced your office is, John. But why don't you see what kind of cakes in texture and flavour have, have trended well? been getting well. the best judgments, yeah. And mm. also, if your office is dominated by women, might I suggest that a chocolate-flavoured thing will fare better than a non-chocolate-flavoured thing? Yes. Even mm. though, generally, I don't like them cupcakes that you've done a very fanciful bit of decorating on each of them individually hell why not cupcakes with all of your colleagues names on yeah maybe that will scoop that's the win. nice although that's hard work as well if he lots wants of to win i think generally speaking like the you know and it's not the most exciting cake in the world but i think if you were to ask the majority of the british public to choose between a bunch of cakes that you could buy in the supermarket for example yes. they'd all go call in the caterpillar you know, they'd all go chocolate sponge with buttons on it. That's always oh, going to make people buttons, happy. Smarties. It's not, it's not sophisticated. It's just nice, isn't it? But Helen's indicated that there's a gender split on chocolate, which I find intriguing. Generally, I think women attribute all kinds of emotional Pavlovian responses to chocolate. Oh, you can men... make a Pavlova. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, whereas men, I think generally speaking, it's all about the maximum flavour possible for men. Okay, so you might go for, say, coffee and walnut. Yeah, I'd be into that, mm. definitely. Maybe a ginger cake. I have to say, actually, generally speaking... My favourite cake in the world are the ones you can get from Costco. Massive. That's your favourite flavour cake. Yeah, but it's... What, what is that? 15 inches it diameter. Huge, but it's sponge, isn't it? It's sponge with jam and, like, a thick layer of icing on the top. And some marzipan balloons on top. That's right, yeah. Get one of those and just personalise it and pretend you made it. That's how to do it. Hi, it's Meredith from Lewis here. Helen, Ollie and Martin, answer me this. Why do buskers always play Oasis songs? Why do buskers always play Oasis songs? Is it because they're easy? They're really simple. And it does not demand much singing ability. You can be very nasal and irritating. In fact, that helps. And people apparently like them, which means they're more likely to give you money. They play Don't Look Back in Anger and Wonderwall. They don't play the Hindu Times and Magic <laughs> Pie, do they? <laughs> are those real Oasis songs? Those are real, yeah. They sound like Paul McCartney songs. The Hindu Times was a single. What? Yeah, off the last album before oh, they realised they were indeed past it. Everyone aged 25 to 50 knows those songs yeah. and everyone else will tolerate them because they sound like the 60s. Yes. Broad brushstrokes, isn't it? You're going to make more money. The best busker of all time was uh, recently outside Crystal Palace Station and yeah. it was a man wearing full black tie, including mm-hmm. the white silk scarf and a hat. He was sitting on an amp playing a tuba which had balls of fire shooting out of the end. Wow. And it was amazing because I was I walked around the corner and I was like, why does the light keep flashing? And then I saw him. I was like bloody hell mm. but not that many people were giving him money because they were too scared to go near the fireball <laughs> yes. if you've got a question email your question to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com answer me this podcast at googlemail.com here's a question from Pedge who says Ollie answer me this 
Where do people buy hearses? I've never seen them at a Ford dealership. <laughs> Is it just one company that makes them? Or do all sorts of companies manufacture or only specialise in hearses? My friend's mum owns a funeral service, but I feel that asking her about things like this would be insensitive. What? She works around corpses all day. She's not going to be insensitive about asking where a car comes from. She's probably glad that someone takes an interest in her work. Exactly. In mm. fact, a lot of people probably are on tippy-toes, aren't they, about talking about the business, whereas, you know, it's what she does. So what do you stuff their sunken eyeballs with? <laughs> am, I, am I being hopelessly stupid by assuming that Hearst was the manufacturer? Or do these to be called Hearses when they're drawn by horses and things yeah. like that? I'm allowed to say yes, you're being incredibly oh, stupid. Okay. Yay! <laughs> it's a type of car, like a saloon. It's not, yeah, not, okay. a, not a manufacturer. It's a, it's a style. Yeah, it's a style. Um, and anyway, no, it's not just one company that makes them. If you look at the badges here in the UK, very often they're uh, Jaguar or Mercedes. Ooh, they, Porsche. Yeah, well, they are usually high-end because no one wants to be buried in a Skoda hearse. And they can go from naught to 30 in only an hour. Um, so, yeah, Rolls-Royce make them. In the States, Cadillac and Lincoln are the two big ones. So, yeah, mm. high-end car manufacturers make them. And they use different chassis, um, but in Europe, apparently most of them are based on the chassis of a small van. That makes sense because yeah. you've got the high bit at the back. Do you think uh, people that drive hearses moonlight as removal men? Well, I think a lot of people buy second-hand hearses so that they can help their friends move and stuff. And also it means that people will make way for your car, especially if you go around with a wreath that says mum stuck to the roof. (laughs) Well, I read an article online by this woman who says that she's always collected hearses and driven around in hearses. A bit like these people who drive London cabs. Or Pokemobiles. But yeah, like you know how Stephen Fry drives a London cab, doesn't he? I'd love to have a London cab. And he's always, oh, Mm. the suspension's fantastic and people get out of your way And they look cool. It's a lovely designed car. Yeah, her not so much. Bit deathy. <laughs> Very useful for carrying loads. And this woman said also people are reverential towards it or a bit suspicious of it or it reminds them of death. So, no way. So uh, they don't go near it. So she said as an experiment went to a, a shopping mall and left a $20 bill on her passenger seat with the window open. Mm. Came back two hours later and no one had touched it because you just wouldn't because it's a hearse but if someone saw the back of a hearse piled up with uh, supermarket carrier bags they might get a bit suspicious so you'd have to keep a coffin in there just to put your shopping in maybe or they might just think you've chopped up the body into lots of different shopping bags (laughs) like Dexter in my case would be what had happened now where can one buy a brand new hearse can Ah. you just go to a hearse dealership you have to go to a hearse specialist for that but do you have to present yourself as some kind of mortician or could you just buy one as a lay person anyone can buy one but the cost is going to be a bit prohibitive so really no, money's no object for some goths if the money's no object <laughs> if the money's no object yes you could get one and uh, they'd be a bit surprised but you could go to the same places that, that funeral directors go but more realistically you just go, go on ebay or go to a car dealership to get a second hand one that's 10 years old because they last forever hearses and do they have back seats or is it just the two front seats and then the coffin place? The latter. But I suppose you could get it retrofitted, but that would be a bit weird. I did read a blog as well of someone who said that they tried camping in one once oh, and sleeping God. where the oh. coffin would be. Uh, but that it's really uncomfortable because it's designed basically like a luggage rack. Yeah. Uh, it's not designed to have a body that's alive on it. No way. It's not way. really a caravanette, is it? Exactly. What about like what they did in Ghostbusters? They had those, those sort of ambulancey cars. Because they were a very similar design, aren't they? They are. Well, actually, a lot of hearses uh, have doubled as ambulances in certain countries. How ironic. Yeah. Yes, because, you know, if you've got a country where you've got a pretty remote town centre... And not very good healthcare. (laughs) (laughs) You might as well just cut straight to the end. (laughs) I suppose so. Uh, Well, from death to kidney failure, here's a question from Nick. Usually it's the other way round. Who says, a few years ago, my uncle was unfortunate enough to suffer kidney failure. Oh, no. Sorry about that, Nick. Uh, And he required a transplant. However, fortunately enough, a suitable donor was found in the form of his girlfriend. 
Mm-hmm. Good. For a minute, I thought this was going to be an answer me this telethon here. <laughs> Can you please ask your listeners if they're A, B negative? Um, <laughs> so anyway, he says his girlfriend, in a consummate display of her affections, agreed to hand over one of her good kidneys to keep her partner going. I assume she uh, let a doctor intervene to do the handing over bit no, of it. No, just grabbed it like Cut Robert De Niro open. in the Kenneth Branagh Frankenstein. <laughs> um, you'll be pleased to hear the operation went. I think he's missed a word at the end of that sentence. I'm hoping it's well. <laughs> I think it's well. Uh, but anyway, the operation went. Um, fast forward about seven years, though, and the once loved up couple have ended their relationship and gone their separate ways. Aww. She may have got the house, says Nick, but he still has her kidney Ah, so helen answer me this as we now live in an age of prenuptial agreements could such an agreement exist that in the event of a separation enforce the return of any donated organs to the original owner well divorce lawyer friend of mine says that prenups you can usually get around they're very rarely watertight and i think if you're willing to do something as magnanimous as donate an organ to somebody you do it in the spirit that whatever happens with your relationship you're not getting that organ back ever. I think that's the bottom line there. I also think if a court were to rule that she deserved her kidney back, how could they actually enforce that happening? I think this is a case where possession is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> Possibly even ten-tenths. <laughs> and also, she probably wouldn't want that kidney back because uh, when you have a transplant, you have to take a lot of immunosuppressant drugs, yeah, don't you, to stop true. the body rejecting so, yeah, it. And yeah. those can, you know, they can have quite they a toxic quite effect yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on the kidney. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, even a successful transplant only lasts about ten years or so. So no. maybe your uncle needs to look out for another blood group compatible girlfriend. Now, this isn't a question that Nick has asked us, but I'm curious, so I'm going to ask anyway. I can do that. I'm the co-host. I am on the donor register you can have my corneas no, well no oh. okay here's the question oh, right. martin needs your kidney do you give it to him yeah yes if it's compatible not if it's not obviously well why would you give him a bad kidney what would be the point of that just being bitchy and martin bearing in mind helen has now said she definitely would give you her kidney would you give her yours don't do it martin i'm a much less valuable member of society than you are yeah i think so i mean it'd be, i'd be pretty terrified I don't, I don't like having organs removed but yeah i guess okay i'm gonna move this on a stage because i too would give my kidney to my girlfriend yeah i need a kidney would you give it to me yeah i'd certainly consider would it. you yeah i feel like lou and harold in neighbors see now i feel bad because i don't think i'd give you my kidney <laughs> i don't want your stinking kidney <laughs> i just i think the only person i do it for is my girlfriend yeah but you're quite a selfish person i'm obviously a terrible person <laughs> Classic oh, oh, Martin, would you give child. me your kidney? I don't think you'd give me your kidney. If you were going to die, yeah, I think I probably would. Would you? Yeah, yeah. Ellen, if At you were about to die, I hope this makes you feel better. If you were about to die... No, it's too late. I'd go out there fundraising for someone else <laughs> to give you their kidney. You do a plug on Sky News or BBC London. <laughs> I'd do a full telephone, Helen. <laughs> Thanks. But I just don't know that you could have my kidney. I don't want your bloody All kidney. All right, fine. Keep it. You're not going to have it. Keep your bloody only child selfish kidney. <laughs> People say that there's only one way for the internet to make money. Well, we tried that. We were too fat. And our genitals look funny. So it's back to square one, but you can still have fun buying up our old shit. Because for 79 pence each, you can get our first 80 episodes. And I can put away my tits. Go to answermethispodcast.com slash classic to blow your load. And we'll be richer than Cormac McCarthy after he sold film rights to the road to the road to the road to the road who needs porn 
Time for a question from Maddie from Sydney, who says, I am a student at Sydney University, and I'm also, to completely fit the stereotype, blonde and hot. <laughs> uh, she doesn't say that. Fond of outdoor gyms. <laughs> Dirt poor oh, is, uh, yeah. is what mm. she uses there. It's her descriptive term. I think that's probably, that probably is a stereotype there for students as well. Yep. Uh, as I was walking through uni today, I got hot and started taking my clothes off down to my bra. Please, stop Please. it. Sorry. Were uh, you objectifying our listeners, you bastard? Around 12.30. God, I have some reason to <laughs> doing this podcast. <laughs> around 12.30, a guy was telling everyone walking past that there was a free barbecue. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. A barbecue in Australia. How novel. So far, so good, since I was saving my money for essentials like online shopping and alcohol. Very well. <laughs> the only problem was, the guy was wearing a t-shirts with a massive cross on the front and jesus is our lord and savior on the back was it an ironic mm. band t-shirt i think not oh although it wasn't explicit i think that was pretty explicit uh <laughs> it was pretty clear to me the discerning young person that i am that i would probably be expected to join this society if i wanted my free food excellent deductive reasoning which has got her into this uh, place of tertiary education in that's the first right place. yes it's what an exemplar of higher education she is it was then that i came to a moral quandary. I am not in any way religious. In fact, I would describe myself as fairly apathetic and undecided about the whole thing. Perfect for the Christian recruiters. <laughs> but there was no way I was passing up a free sausage. Yeah, I'll commit to God. She's undecided. A sausage might sway her. So, in the end, I went, got my free sausage sandwich with mm. tomato sauce, had an awkward conversation with a girl studying science, uh, and I awkwardly ran away. While the sausage sandwich was great... As they always are. ...and my appetite was quenched, yep. I immediately felt guilt... <laughs> the Christs have got I think you. they've won, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That I had used and deceived these people, obviously hoping to turn me from my immoral ways for my baser desires. They led you into temptation by having a barbecue. Yes. Were the sausages arranged in the shape of a crucifix? So, Helen, answer me this. Am I doomed to rot forever in hell in eternal damnation? Well, if you are... Then, uh, we'll see you up there. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of free Christian barbecues at university. No Brilliant. regrets. And yeah. they, they must have seen that you were a Jew. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> dreidel, I used to carry a dreidel with me wherever I went. Well, you kept barbecue sauce in it. <laughs> yeah. If you rot in hell, then um, it's too late, really, to do anything about that. You've already eaten the sausages of doom. Uh, but I suppose the point of a lot of uh, Christian ideas is that of redemption. Yeah. So if you're really worried... Go back, eat more of their food, <laughs> and learn the lessons that you have to give. What's brilliant about Christians, of course, is you could have you could have stolen everything from that barbecue, and then if you went back and said sorry, they'd basically have to forgive you. Yeah. The point is, they know that most people are going there for the freebies, yeah. and it's very unlikely that most of the people going there for freebies with cynical minds will be swayed within the time it takes them to eat a bat full of meat. You've got to view this as a brand awareness exercise. Yeah. They're not expecting everyone to be a, to be a sale. They're just yeah. expecting you know, there to be a kind of general friendly awareness. Exactly. And, it, and it's paid dividends, hasn't it? Because all the way on the other side of the world from Sydney, here we are talking about it in Crystal Palace. It's what Jesus would have wanted. They only bought five sausages, but they turned them into 5,000. Is there a food that you would be surprised Surprised to see at a Christian barbecue. Chicken noodle soup, <laughs> matzo, halal meat. Yeah. Pizza with 666 written on it in onion. <laughs> As they handed you the sandwich, Maddie, did they say, This is my body? And then when they squirted the sauce on it, they go, This is my blood. Shh. It's the question line. It's a question line. Oh, two, oh, eight. One, two, three. 
Five-eight apples, seven. Answer me this. Shh. Answer me this. I don't know nothing. Such a palaver. It's a question line. It's a question line. Oh, two, oh, eight, one, two, three, five, eight, double seven. Here's a question from Toby, who says, Ollie, answer me this. Why is the Financial Times pink? And are there any other papers that print on similarly fancy pants paper? It's not really pink, is it? It's sort of salmon. Exactly. Imagine if it actually was pink, like neon pink. Neon pink? That'd, That'd be, be hilarious. A, a bold it? statement, wouldn't it? As, as other papers are triviling and dying, yeah. the Financial Times going, no, we're taking an outre design decision. Yeah. It's clever though, now that I think about it, and I never have thought about the FT for so long before, but you can see someone reading one a mile off. It's, yes. it's effective advertising for the FT. Yeah, well, the thing is, you have to think about what the brand means, right? And like buying. Salmon! They're big on salmon. <laughs> yeah, buying the FT means I'm a real fish man. <laughs> Don't give me no chicken legs. <laughs> I want salmon for my tea. If I wanted chicken legs, I'd buy the Guardian. Uh, <laughs> um. No, it's it's saying I'm not just a business person. I am a high-flying business person. And I hark back to the glory days of the British Empire. Yeah. One third of the globe was the same colour as me. Uh, yeah, exactly. I still don't really get how that ties in with the colour. Because it's distinct, isn't it? It's a paper where people are proud to be seen walking around But with couldn't it. they have a more sort of financial colour? Well, like, like pinstripe. Or pins, or sort of, gr- <laughs> or sort of like greenish. Grey-blue. Oh, yeah, sort of money-coloured. I wonder whether they chose pink because it was sort of harking back to Britain as a mighty financial and political power well when the financial times was launched in 1880 something i remember it well (laughs) a free copy came with my beano (laughs) there were three other national financial titles at the time really so wow what happened i know so what is there now just the ft well (laughs) i'm sure someone's going to write in and say no they're city am but obviously they're all a bit rubbish apart from the ft aren't they Uh, also it wasn't the first paper to go pink uh for the second part of uh, toby's question what was the other the communist times um no you'd think wouldn't you or maybe a very early gay rights mag um but the first uh paper to be pink was in fact the uh, sporting times which also now doesn't exist but that was that was pink before the ft was it wasn't an original idea it's just the ft is the only surviving one here's another question i suppose about marketing from Sean from Dublin, who says, Oli, answer me this. Why are Maltesers advertised exclusively towards women? I know Yorkie bars are advertised as not for girls, but Maltesers, I don't even try to be tongue-in-cheek about it. Don't you find the whole thing a bit sexist? I do. Do you? It does make women seem a little bit vapid and silly, but I don't think these adverts are as bad as the ones for boots, where it's women, either either here come the girls, hey girls, buy some hair straighteners, they're pink. (laughs) Or it's the two women talking, going, oh, my husband, what a wally, oh, he thinks he's ill. I've got a broken leg, but look, I'm out buying him medicine for his man flu, blah, blah, blah. Find that very denigrating. Those I do find offensive. Those I find, because everyone has to use boots. Not everyone has to eat Maltesers. But everyone needs shower gel, painkillers and deodorant, etc. I already walk in there and feel alienated enough by the fact wow. that it's clearly kind of designed with women in mind. But Boots is very masculine, Ollie. The whole of the frontage is blue, which, as everybody knows, is for men. I think with the Maltesers thing, though, they've got this product and they've gone, oh, how can we market this? It's just some chocolate with a biscuit in. Oh, but it's got air in it. And that means it's like a, ca- it's like a diet snack. Women will love it. But a lot of men are watching their weight as well. Well, yes, but their tagline is the lighter way to enjoy chocolate. And I guess generally diet foods do appeal more to women it's very rare to see a diet food targeted at a man but 
they got in trouble, Maltesers. Yes. And <laughs> not fucking diet food. Serves you right. Because it's not a diet food, exactly. And of course, you know. Oh, it's chocolate. How it can is, it not be a diet food? Well, exactly. well, it is true that eating one Malteser only has 15 calories or whatever, but so does eating that size amount of Snickers. So it's not, yeah. it's, not like, it's a small amount of chocolate. What weighs more, a kilo of lead or a kilo of feathers? <laughs> did they advertise things like arrows and whispers the same way? Because they've got bubble, haven't they? Did they did they try and convince women that those were diet no, snacks? No, they, they target that directly at people who like chocolate to taste like a bar of soap. Now, I've got a, a thought on this. Great. Um, Let's hear it. Cheese. Yeah. We all like Just cheese. Just for girls. <laughs> well, soft cheese is for girls and hard cheese is for men. Exactly. But why has no one come along and done cheese, aerated cheese with holes in it for women? Oh, like Gruyere. Or Leerdammer. Yeah. But actually, the lighter way to enjoy love. <laughs> Imagine that. And that might sell, mightn't it? I wouldn't put anything past You could aerate anything and say it's the lighter way to enjoy X. You have so many business plans, and yet you're not a billionaire. What's with What's that? happened? Well, come on, Zuckerberg. I like that. It's not a bad idea, is it? Fizzy vodka, the lighter way to... Actually, they have sort of done that, haven't they? Ciabatta, the lighter way to enjoy Grassini. Yeah. Uh, and here's a question from Ian from Taunton. I was just wondering, as you do, about Trojan condoms. Uh, it seems... <laughs> odd to me that this particular name would be used to brand a product such as this. Why so? Uh, considering that the Trojans are primarily known for sneaking unwanted items into a sealed area and then releasing them. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, the, ne- the next morning they open up lots of sperm, don't they? <laughs> so... Helen, answer me this. Are Trojan condoms, in fact, the biggest practical joke ever and all those who use them in good faith find themselves unwittingly impregnated? Well, he's got his uh, illusion a bit wrong because the oh, Trojans... Yeah. do you think so? <laughs> it, was, it was the Greeks that were within the Trojan horse invading Troy. Mm-hmm. So if the Greeks are the penis yeah. and Troy is the condom... I think at the moment Germany's the penis and Greece is the arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is confusing, though. Didn't Troy get burnt down by the, by the penis of the Trojan horse? That's what happens when you use a Trojan condom, Martin. <laughs> it self-ignites at the end to make sure that all the sperms are destroyed safely. I actually, actually oh, I, I did use them once and did find them a little bit burny. Did you? <laughs> there you go, yeah. Well, because Americans won't know this, but uh, in the UK, they only introduced them over here as a brand like six, seven years ago. And there was, a, there was a bit of a marketing push when they did. And now they're not in Boots and Superdrug, which are our two big sort of chain store They've pharmacies. They've been forced out by Jurex. Yeah, so actually I've not used them since then. Like, I think you Wait, can I'm, still get them. I haven't had sex in seven <laughs> years. <laughs> was it, was it in a tra- very long-term relationship. Was it Trojan that their marketing thing was it's for men with big penises, essentially? Yeah, that was part of it, because they yeah. do an extra large size right. but they actually also do a range of sizes and they do all the usual things that you know the ones that are supposed to have extra pleasure and extra ribbing and Nobbly longer and lasting the and ones that. that set fire to themselves exactly the ones that last for 10 years <laughs> Trojan War joke you see that's very good too. well I suppose that every man wants to buy a condom that suggests that he has a big one and he doesn't want to buy dinky mouse tail condoms <laughs> there's now an uncomfortable viral association I know that condoms are supposed to prevent STDs oh, but yes. the Trojan horse is a computer virus yeah no wonder the brand didn't take off here. No, I think you'll find they pulled out in the UK. <laughs> oh, very good. I am almighty Zeus. In the age of myths and heroes, I would hurl thunderbolts down upon mortals and I had many followers. Now, I have no followers, but I follow Helen and Ollie at twitter.com slash Helen and Ollie with a Y. Why? Do you need the toilet, Helen? No. Do you need a question about toilets, Helen? Define need. (laughs) Are you prepared to take a question about toilets, Helen? Okay. Great. It's from Tom (laughs) from Bath. 
but it's about toilets. Oh, well, that's, that's adjacent to our bathtub. <laughs> that's right. He says, Helen, answer me this. Why are toilets called WCs? Because that stands for water closet, which is what they used to be called before they got other euphemisms. That's nice. There were earth closets before, weren't there? Yeah, or just long drops, pits. Thunderbox. Open latrines. A friend of my dad's used to call it the William the Conqueror suite. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite that. nice, isn't that's it? Charming, that's yeah. really elaborate. You can say at a polite dinner party, I'm off to the William the Conqueror suite, and it gets a laugh. Uh, Tom continues, I ask because I am drawing toilets in a building plan. Oh, you saboteur. Uh, <laughs> I think he's an architect. Oh. Uh, and it's making my brain numb. Why do people need to shit inside buildings? Oh, because that is what civilization has built up. Look, it's just weird, isn't it? This person's an architect. Why can't believe? they just open the window and stick their bum out? Gardiloo! Either he is taking us back to a very primitive time where people didn't shit in buildings, they basically shat in the street, or he's waiting for humans to have evolved out of the need for regular excretion. Yeah. Because sometimes you do think, oh, I wish I could just go once a month and then that'd be it. It's That's just right. so tiresome. It's taking up so much of my day. Well, you can have these pipe dreams. But, pipe uh, dreams. Yeah, I keep, yeah, I'm on it. Yeah. But you're going to be waiting thousands of years, aren't you, for that sort of evolution well, to catch millions up. Millions of years, yeah. obviously. I'll be dead by then. Anyway, I imagine it's a pleasing challenge for an architect in a way, isn't it? One of the things that architects enjoy, trying to work out the challenges of every building needs toilets and plumbing and yeah practicality practicality around the design exactly well actually the designer of the uh, college in oxford where ollie and martin and i met st Catharines, arnie jacobson he of the swan chair apparently originally designed the building without toilets what a loon and had to be reminded that people have basic functions to perform don't know what you do over there in denmark arnie arnie jacobson didn't have an anus he didn't even have a cleft just have a single buttock. That's what Jakobsen means from Danish, anusless. <laughs> and Arne means no cleft. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of this week's show, but there is more Helen Ollie on the interweb this week. Yippee! Uh, if you are a fan of Ian Collins... Uh, why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you be? He's a friend right. of the show. Star of Answer Me This, episode 149. He's got his own podcast now. It's called Ian Collins Wants a Word. Uh, and uh, we're on this week's show. We're the That's special right. guests. Episode 7. So, yeah, if you want to hear that, iTunes it or iancollins.com. Of course, you can hear more of us uh, on next week's episode, as long as you send us your questions to yes. talk about. And, of course, uh, all of our contact details are listed on our website. Answermethispodcast.com now. Uh, ask them wisely for next week's episode, 210 is our last before we take a very short break. That's right, we're going off for three weeks after that. I know it seems like maybe it's a bit soon for us to be having a holiday, but Martin the Soundman has a real job, which means he can only take holidays at certain times of year, and that time of year is now. So we're going on holiday, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, as are the people of America. <laughs> Especially the traffic police. <laughs> now that only happened twice. <laughs> a mere twice. Let's see if he can beat that on the new holiday. And we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.